Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to preview the upcoming week for Chicago Red Stars, talk a little bit about Chicago Red Stars performances at the U.S. national team level and more. Let's get into it. Can't do anything alone ever. So I'm joined today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the scam originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm good. I have to say I'm feeling the the significant weather change in the last two days has has messed with me a little bit. Um, so I'm the feeling, temp- a, I'm feeling like a little bit slow today, but the temps have yeah. dropped. Mm-hmm. The sun has gone hiding mm-hmm. and it will remain. So until probably about end of the week, quite frankly, yeah, I feel like such a baby. It was immediate. I was like immediately having trouble getting out of bed in the morning, just <laughs> right away. And I was like, cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. We're that's not, right. we're not easing into this this year. Yeah. That's how I react to when yeah. the outside looks like my insides. Right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's how this is going. Yeah. No, we're definitely in the, uh, in the cozy vibes, uh, for now, right now, it feels like it's coming on pretty quick. There was no, mm-hmm. there was no like lapse or, or easing, easing into it. Uh, like you said, uh, but bit of an off week, right. For the red stars in terms of the NWSL taking a little break during the international window here in our last episode, we talked a little bit about, uh, Houston Dash recap and how the, the Red Stars went ahead and performed that way. And that rolled into this uh, international break. And there were three Red Stars that were called uh, into national team camps to essentially perform. And it was Tina Davidson, Casey Kruger, and Mal Pugh. And we were pretty excited about that. I think we sort of left off saying, like, uh, we were kind of eager to see Mal Pugh kind of get a run out with that national team, uh, even if it was going to be against a side like Paraguay, who hasn't had a lot of time together. And quite frankly, the two games essentially reflected that two very, very different teams, two very, very different types of programs. Mm-hmm. That's not saying anything good, bad or worse about one or the other. It's just saying what it is, just mm-hmm. two different types of programs. Um, but it was uh, big games for Mel Pugh. She went ahead and got two starts. And in that very first match against Paraguay, she picked up three assists mm-hmm. uh casey krueger entered his aides and also getting starts um in that second game and casey krueger opened him up like helping open up the goal scoring in that second match uh recording an assist to kind of kick things off there and close stuff out so it was a uh, kind of dope to see the wrestlers all getting runs out and getting action but uh, like to pitch it to you my dude i was really feeling your reaction to that where it was like lots of excitement for this, but also they got to play the horns in like a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my thought when they had uh, Pew starting both games and then they had Casey. I mean, honestly, Tierna Davidson, you know, she's not putting in the miles that a different position is is putting in, but she did start both games, played nineties in both games. Um, And then, yeah, they had, it's just like a tale truly as old as time where you're like, Oh, so you're really leaning on the red stars for this. And (laughs) That's just been true for friendlies for the U S for a very long time. Um, and it is always this weird thing where you're like, Oh, it's great that Chicago is representing so well on the international stage, um, because they can be relied upon, but also it's like, what if you relied upon them a little bit less? (laughs) Um, It's so true though. My God, that has echoed like really in the past, man. Yeah. I think 2019 was another one too, where you're just like, come on. Yeah. Or or even like getting back to when they they started introducing like those tournament a nation right like type of competitions and like 
Chris and Press having like wild ass games against Brazil. Like right. when she was like still with the rest. So yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> that's a yeah. very good point. Uh, to bring especially up. for someone, especially for someone. And I had this thought actually when in the second game, Pew got, there was a moment where it looked like Pew might have gotten hurt. And to be completely honest, I don't think we still know that she didn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, yes, this game is quote unquote meaningless. I get that. But it's not for her. She's yeah. trying to work her way back into this team. And so I, but she is also, if she can't play this oh my weekend, God. gonna feel some type of way. Uh-oh. Yeah. So now. I'm just like, I was a little bit like, you know, I fully empathize with a player who understands that yes, pull her, but also I understand why she doesn't want to because yeah. for there were some players for these games where this meant very little. And in fact, I think you saw that in so many of them who didn't even come to camp for it. Right. But you had some players who, yes, I don't think friendlies win you a roster job. I think training wins you a roster job, but they're going to take every opportunity they can get to show what they can do. And I think that's why we saw Andy Sullivan and Katerina Macario and Mal Pugh and Sophia Smith do so well, because they are hungry for this. And this is the beginning of their big chance. So anyway, it it was mixed feelings because you love seeing pew ball out. I thought the runs interplayed with, with Smith and even with Williams in the first match, I thought were fabulous. You know, I liked, I really liked that front line of Smith, Pew and Morgan. I thought that was cool. It was so fun. Yeah. With Macario and Lavelle behind them. Like, yeah, she was, she was, uh, she was doing a lot of work and getting a lot of runs in and had a really good yeah. movement off the ball and like didn't end up on the score sheet maybe in the same way that she mm-hmm. did during that first game where she picked up three assists. But like that second goal in this um, second match against Paraguay that kind of really kicked things off, it really started with like Mal Pugh just winning a ball right. in the field and like combining with Lavelle and then feeding off to, to Smith for that second goal. So just like little things like that, where you're just right. like, God, like Mel Pugh is just like a really good soccer player. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was though to see, but whatever it was like with that injury, like it sort of looked like it was upper body. With what it looked like doing. it was her left shoulder. And yeah. sometimes, I mean, everybody knows, right. You can like extend or yank a muscle in kind of a scary way and then realize that that's all that you did. And it's, it's going to hurt, but it's fine. I bet she doesn't feel great today to be completely honest, but yeah. Um, the other thing though, with those kinds of muscle yanks is you can be like, oh, that really hurt. Oh, it's fine. But then the next day you're like, actually, maybe it's not fine. Yeah. Um, wait, the whole wait and see approach. And what we know about how this works is even if that means that like this weekend she can play, but it's going to hurt. You don't play as well when you're in pain, you just don't. And so I'm, I'm really hopeful that it just ended up being, you know, she's young. Maybe she can, she's still, she's still, uh, she's still flexible. Maybe she can, can bounce back pretty quickly, but, um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Young you, people can, you know what? Yes. Sometimes, sometimes they can just be like, yeah, you, heal, it's all right. you heal differently yeah. at a certain age. It's yeah, just right. facts. Like yeah. you're going to heal differently from a certain injury at 23 than you maybe would if you were 33. Right. That's just, that's just facts. Y'all like, that's just science. It's just true. Um, but I, a lot of promising things there though. I, I just, um, I think at one point, like during one of my like react, like reacting to the game, like live reaction as it was happening, I was just like, gosh, man, like, like 
if you give Malpew some options, is she just like truly unstoppable? Like she's so good at getting end line. Like she's so strong on the dribble. And so it's just making sure that she has outlets. Um, And then even, yeah, like you saw, you would even see again in terms of pulling space, she's really good at that too. Like always trying to make runs and stuff like that. So I think that you're like that you can see it's all the same stuff that she does with the red stars, but when she's kind of on the, you know, the all-star team, it, it looks a little bit different. And I think also like, and, and I try to be very measured in this because I, we, we both have our middling feelings about being like raw, raw about the U S especially in a game against a team who does not get the same amount of support that the U S does. But I don't know. You look at that second game and you look at that starting 11 and you're like, that's a fun team. Yeah. And I kind of like that team, that yeah. team. I want, I would want to see play. Like any game, I would like to see this team play. And I think that that and Pew was a huge part of that. And so was Davidson. And so was Kruger. And I was like, I think that's great because I remember this feeling after 2016, actually, I think where 2016 went a little bit weirdly and you saw the roster kind of turn over a little bit. And in 2017, they start playing some of these friendlies again and it got weird, right? They like, <laughs> they lost some games, things got stretched, all that sort of stuff. But you're like, Oh, but this team's kind of fun. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I feel about this, this new, you know, late 2021 flavor a little bit as well. No, I feel that. I also just kind of feel like, and again, we touched on it in the preview, like we, we knew what these games were like they're, they're post Olympic, mm-hmm. like, exhibition games. their contractual it's, obligations it's, to play yeah. in front of it's fans an, in the midwest yeah yeah it's an olympic tour yeah. people get it you yeah. know get to take a look at this team that just came off of a huge international tournament so yep. we know what these games are um going into them and that's ultimately like kind of i think the the lens or the angles or the the storylines and narratives that we kind of like ended up leaning on and looking at into yeah. these type of games because like that's ultimately what they were i i just don't it was fun. Like it was like, no, like you yeah. don't feel necessarily great about it. No, but another team with all those other, with all the other feelings that we have in the back of our minds and in our hearts. But right. like these lineups, like these players, the whole concept of like, just go out there and try some stuff. Right. Like doesn't, it unfortunately just doesn't happen if these games don't exist. Yeah. And also it's just refreshing after watching them really struggle in Tokyo, you know, yeah. At, at some point, that's the, actually the other function of, and I know that, you know, you see where you heard Fox be like, after a summer of disappointment, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> calm down. But um, yeah, you got to get that feeling out a little bit of like, what the hell happened? Are we good? And, you know, again, it's not the same against Paraguay as it would be against somebody else. But also, yeah, you got to, every single soccer player we've ever talked to has always said that they play better when they're having fun. Yeah. And you have to get that back into the program after a deeply unfun international tournament. Um, otherwise it can compound and haunt you later. So I think yeah. that that's another function of this kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. And there's still like two more games that they're going to have in October against South Korea. And it'll sort of close out this, this post-Olympic tour slash this Carly Lloyd farewell vibe. That's Wouldn't going- it be so funny if I remember Jill Ellis, you remember Jill Ellis's last game, right? It was a tie. Was it one, one? Is that what it was? Draw. Yeah. 
Um, it would be pretty funny if that happened again, I guess, in Carly Lloyd's last game. Against <laughs> yeah. against South Korea, that would it's be It's like a- Abby Wambach's last game, they lose. Jill yes. Ellis's last game, they tie. Yeah. I just feel like Carly Lloyd, like, it's tradition. We need to get tradition. some. You got to have a weird a, game. Exactly. Yeah. But I wonder, like, you know, these players got called in, a bunch of NWSL players got called in. So whether it was Andy Sullivan or, um, you know, Mel Pure or like a Sophia Smith getting into the mix for these games, like, is there potential in October for them to also get like another one of these call-ins? You know, does Megan Rapino still have to sit out a little bit? You know, is, you know, Kirsten Press saying that she wanted to take some time away during this internet, these international windows. Do a cool hike. Did you see what she's doing? She she had the right idea, man. Yeah, Honestly, man, I was like, that's such a good idea. Like, while you're that's why you're one of the smarter players on this team. Right, congrats, yeah. congrats to you. Um, you know, so you're just wondering, like, you know, is there going to be room? You know, this kind of the same scenarios coming into play that came into play for these September friendlies. Are those same ones going to come into play for October? And if they are, the all of these players, quite frankly, made a really good case for themselves to make a return in October if there mm-hmm. are these sort of open slots on the roster. Yep. Once again, so yeah. if, if the same scenarios are still presented in October, Vlad Kondinovsky is absolutely probably going to call these same players in. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows there's a lot in flux with this roster right now. It, I don't know exactly where things stand, to to be honest. Like, um, I don't know if Becky Sauerbrunn wants to retire. She might really not. Um, and she's the kind of player that due to always being someone who says when I'm called in, Etc. She might be someone who says, I'd like to play until they no longer need me, you know, and, and she'll respect that decision when it eventually comes down. You have Megan Rapino, who hasn't committed to anything either way, but who clearly physically maybe can't handle the demands of this schedule anymore. Um, I don't know what's going on with Julie Ertz. We'll see. She's taken more time off in the last two years than, than we've ever seen her take. And I, I respect that. I 100% do, but it is just like, I don't know. I don't know what happens next for her. Um, so yeah, I think that right now they're in an interesting place because they have less time than they usually do before world cup. They're moving from kind of 18 to 23, but really like 22 to 23. Um, and we have only one firm retirement on a pretty old team. So I don't know. It's going to get, it's either going to get, weird yeah in a refreshing way or in a way where you're just like oh boy you know yeah, well it's it's going to be something to keep an eye on man because yeah. the turnaround is super quick and yeah. anytime when you're going into a world cup but like similarly to them having to prepare for an olympics in an ongoing pandemic it's like they're going to have to prepare for a world cup in an ongoing pandemic so i think like- yeah i mean we've seen scheduling friendlies is going to be difficult for a while and that is just a reality um and so yeah i think the u.s uh, the u.s might have to leave more they might end up having to take more trips to go find other people to play yeah like oh is uh is the gap closing between the united states and the world or is it just the u.s isn't getting the time together right is together. it just that no one wants to come over here? Yeah. Hey, well, does, is fast. it because no one wants to come over here and lose to the U.S. in front of like 25,000 U.S. fans, you know? Because I, I, I respect any team that, you know, goes, you know what? That no longer serves us. So yeah. we're not going to do that anymore. We're, we're not yeah. into it. We've moved on. We've moved yeah. past that phase in our program. Yeah. Right. 
I respect it. Let's roll some of this into uh, into this upcoming match week for Chicago. So the NWSL is back, baby. All the teams are going to be participating in uh, back in regular. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no kidding. We'll get more into that. And for our patrons only, yeah, if you episode, want an exclusive conversation uh, about that, sign up for the Patreon. Teams. So yeah. as of now on the schedule, uh, there are scheduled to be all teams uh, participating in regular season action as it returns. The Chicago Red Stars are back at home in uh, SeatGeek Stadium. They're going to be hosting the league-leading Portland Thorns FC Portland. They've truly been a story all season. Um, currently with 38 points at the top of the standings, uh, they had a game that was supposed to be played, but was initially postponed against Washington spirit. There has been a lot of back and forth, um, you know, in terms of what's going on in the spirit franchise, uh, in regards to COVID protocols, two forfeitures have been issued now, um, on behalf of the league for uh, Washington Spirit and what's essentially been ruled as violation of uh, medical protocol regarding COVID. So points have been already awarded to all rain because that was another forfeiture that was issued. But uh, they went after, I guess, ongoing investigation for what occurred with the OL rain game. They took a step back and further examined what happened in that prior Portland Thorns uh, postponement and decided ultimately that was going to be a forfeit issued as well. So the first place standing for Portland has only expanded <laughs> in this league. And uh, they're looking like they're sitting in some pretty good position uh, to win the shield. But besides the numbers and on a piece of paper in front of folks and a record and table standings, uh, this is a team that has shown quite frankly throughout the entire season that they really are like the deepest team in the league uh, that they've got. Uh, Mark Parsons has got, his team from number one all the way to number 26, let's just say, um, locked in and playing uh, lights out uh, this season. So even though they're coming in as a team on the road, coming in off of um, off of a break and making a return with, you know, multiple players, quite frankly, who have gone off on the international windows, not just these US players, but you know, somebody like a Rocky Rodriguez with, with, right. with Costa Rica, they're, they're getting these pieces back. Um, and even if they come back and are on, let's just say, like, let's just maybe assume there's like a concept of like limited minutes. minutes yeah. They're still a, a lethal team. Yeah. I mean, I think you can look at it in two different ways, right? Like they've had, I guess it's going to be three weeks three weeks off. So yeah. four accumulative weeks, three weekends off um, because of, no, wait, that's not right. They played, they played one more game. They played one more game after. So they didn't play the Washington game. Then they played the North Carolina game. So they've, they've had the same amount of time off as everybody else. Um, no, I mean, I think <laughs> the, the reason why forfeits are bad, they're bad for a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons is if you're a team that had nothing to do with any of this, you're about to go play a team that was awarded three points for a game. They didn't have to play. That's not an amazing feeling, you know, and, and it's not Portland's fault. I'm not blaming Portland. I'm not blaming Chicago either, but it's not supposed to work that way. And it's not supposed to work that way for a reason. And so I think that, um, yeah, you know, Crystal Dunn didn't have to play in this last friendly. She got to rest. Um, Lindsay Horan did not play in either friendly. I don't know uh, the seriousness of whatever knock she was dealing with, but they didn't push it, right? They didn't, like I said, lean on her. They didn't rely on her in these matches. Um, 
and Christine Sinclair, for whatever reason, Canada did not schedule any games at all during this period. So um, I think they're going to come in uh, ready, ready to go. And, you know, I think the, the, the one of the nice things about Chicago kind of having so many new faces or just kind of a different configuration this year is there's like no reason. I don't really think there's a good reason for them to feel like they can't play Portland the way they play everybody else. Um, because the way that Chicago sets up, like their whole thing is just to be in a very defensive structure and then disrupt and then try to hit on the counter. And, um, you can play anybody like that. There's no particular team that's going to be, harder to play like that than somebody else. And so I think that they're clogged if they clog the midfield, right? And they 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 do all that. Rachel Hill comes back in. She clogs the midfield. You got Aaron Wright pushing up. You clog the midfield, right? You have your center backs uh tailing uh whoever's up top like Smith and and Charlie or Smith and, and Weaver. And then you kind of go from there. But what I don't know is you know they haven't played since they got thumped, right? Is this is this the second game? We're bad at this. I'm bad at this. Is this the second game? That yeah, is- we like went ahead and like how we exposed ourselves during the Houston. We're like, this is the second time. Yeah. Just kidding. This is the end of the regular uh, series for them. But to my understanding and my recollection, this is going to be the, the second one. I'm double checking, cross-referencing really quickly live while we're doing this at the moment. But I mean, the last time, oh my God, the last time these two teams played each other was literally at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was that five nothing game. It was that five nothing game. Yeah. They were starting off the season against each other. And then they had an opportunity to maybe like try to level things out again in another meeting, I think. Uh back in are they only meeting them twice this year? That's impossible. It's everybody three times, I thought. I don't know. I think no. Nope. Just twice? I'm looking at the Chicago Red Stars. I believe you. I'm looking at the Chicago Red Stars schedule right now on the, um, on the NWSL site. And right now it just has the very first match. Oh, are we back to minutes. lopsided scheduling? Oh, this is embarrassing. I'm like, wait. <laughs> no, I mean, you can you can check me too, man. I'm on NWSL. No, it's true. Com. It's true. It is. It is. Uh, they must. Uh, Portland must be with their one of their own one of their twos. Yeah. So well, we, I guess uh, that's a blessing. So this is the second and the final time Chicago <laughs> okay. will be. All right. Okay. I'm we're gonna leave that in, folks. Yeah. That's some genuine reaction, right? Yeah, there. okay. Um it's been, a, um it's been a long year. Um second, yeah. So it's like the only it's like the second and final time right that these two are gonna face each other. So you're talking May to September. A whole lot of things have happened for both of these teams in between all that time. No, they're not the same Red Stars team that, you know, lost 5-0 to that Portland team. But Portland almost feels like they're better than who they were even then, if that makes sense. Like, how can a team that defeated another team 5-0 somehow improving it better? But they actually did. I don't um, think it's going to be a five nothing game <laughs> there. There's, there's a real true statement. I don't believe it's going to be a five nothing game. I do believe that the Reds are similar to Portland had some time off themselves, probably right. some players who could have really used that um, at this point in the season. Um, you know, especially maybe somebody like a, you know, Vanessa Di Bernardo who had 
slowly started to work her way back, way back into minutes. So I guess like leaning into the Red Stars side of things now, because this is a Red Stars podcast. Um, how do we think this team is going to look or go up? And like, are they going to be motivated, quite frankly, by that five goal like ass whooping that they took to start the season? Because that's the that's that's the reference point for this one. Well, and it's also like, or even maybe different in addition to that, like we've talked about this before, they will run out of chances to lose at this point, you know, and it is helpful that they're playing someone who is already ahead of them on the table. Cause it means that they can't be leapfrogged by the result itself, but you know, Chicago is still sitting on a negative three goal differential. They, you know, when you talk about games in hand, the games in hand behind them, don't matter so much if you can get results, but they haven't been able to win in a long time. And I don't, I mean, eventually the, the center will not hold. And so if there's anything to get motivated, it's that as weirdly comfortable as it might seem right now, just due to some of the off the field turmoil elsewhere. I don't know if Chicago can afford to lose this game. Chicago's got, including this one, They've got five games remaining on the schedule. Two of them are against Orlando pride, you know, some, a team that currently holds the head to head tiebreaker right right now. Those will will be very important with the one. Right. So that's kind of the energy. I think that we've sort of been tackling these episodes with in this final stretch um, of the season, really this final third of the season is when we really sat down and we're like, that's how we're covering the Red Stars moving forward. Like this is their playoffs right, right now. It's, it's already starting. So um, I don't think it'll be a five zero scoreline. I don't, I don't think so at all, but you know, I do wonder just like I wondered in that game, um, how was the midfield going to look and how was the attack going to look? Because there were question marks around those things to start this season coming out of the challenge cup where they didn't look super impressive and then rolling right into a regular season and then getting pummeled five zero. And even in between the loss, not having a lot of things there to point at and say, Hey, this was a thing that looked good. Or that was a thing that looked good. So I still sort of have some of the same questions, maybe in this one, I saw these U S national team games and I saw Case, like how Casey Kruger looks when she gets super involved in the attack and how promising that looks watching Mal Pugh doing what she does, like doing what she can do and stay active and set up teammates and look like a superstar when she has options, but how that translates um, on the club side and how that translates against a pretty elite side right now in the thorns has remained to be seen this year when we're just narrowing down the lens of um the Chicago Red Stars, the 2021 Chicago Red Stars against elite teams. Right. That that is still like another question where it's like, I don't have a lot of answers to that. Right. Well, it's inconsistent, right? Sometimes they they look really up for it and sometimes they don't. And sometimes when they look up for it, it still doesn't work out for them. Like, you know, that one zero loss in North Carolina. Um, But yeah, well, we'll have to see. I mean, it's it's uh, just a fact that, you know, Portland is at this point <clears throat> rolling towards the shield, and I'm sure they're trying to just hone everything into a sharp point to go all the way to the um, 
final and win that final that they would be hosting. Uh, and Chicago's fighting for a playoff spot out of six playoff spots. And so, yeah, two teams right now in, in different positions. And I don't know. I don't know. We know all the different ways that that can affect that could swing in Chicago's favor, right? Like Portland, maybe with some different goals, probably maybe trying to learn some things, trying to, obviously they don't want to drop results, but um, they're not fighting for their lives quite so much. So I don't know. In, in terms of, in terms of Chicago on this one, in terms of, you know, them being the hosts, right. Returning to play in the regular season and they're doing that back at home. Who, who are the players that need to have like impactful games in this one? Who needs to, to take over for Chicago in order for this to turn into a result, a positive result for the Red Stars? Um, I think that based on the way we've seen Chicago's best games, I, I just think it's going to be, uh, one in the defensive midfield and, um, I am interested to see who starts and in, in, in the midfield, obviously Morgan Gattra will start. Um, I think you have two choices between Sarah Wolmo and Danny Colaprico. And then you have two choices between Katie Johnson and, and Vanessa DiBernardo. So um, I think the games that have gone well, Chicago has been right on that balance of physically imposing and organized. And where it's gone poorly, <clears throat> they have been uh, like up for it, but very sloppy yeah. in that part of the field. And so I think that that is where I think that is where you're going to see a lot of battles play out. And I think that if you let Christine Sinclair kind of do what she wants in that sector of the field, you're going to have a rough time. And not only are you going to have a rough time, but it's going to feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm looking, I think in terms of a response, you know, I, yes, I'm, I'm in agreement with you hundred percent on the midfielder. Don't want to see them get run over, but I think maybe it's going to have to also be like a real organized defensive effort, you know, for, for the back as well, in terms of who's going to get slotted in there. Um, if Cassie Miller is going to get tasked with the start in this one, you know, versus a listener who is still currently rehabbing her way back, um, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be Cassie Miller and how does she look against this type of attack? You want to talk about a real test and sort of a playoff kind of atmosphere like this is it like how are you going to be playing off your line against that type of uh dynamic attack you know so for me i think um it's also really going to come down to to the defense as well and how organized they are and really how active their outside backs can be in a game like this if at all right because this is like the quintessential game where you don't want to get caught in transition which means you have to be careful about how much you have you're out your OBs pushing forward. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I would love to see it. I know that we're hyped about it. Um, it feels like it's been a long time since we've been back at SeaGeek. Yeah. The other thing is just, you know, the final thought that I have is Chicago weirdly. Sometimes they play against a four, four, two, like really well. And sometimes they play against a four, four, two. And you're like, guys, they have one more person in midfield than you. Can you do something about that? You know? And it's just like, you never know which one you're going to get. <laughs> I I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I'm 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 looking forward to the recap yeah. of this more than I am. Yeah, 
the preview for sure. Uh, been a super long time since we've been back at SeatGeek. The team has been on the road. And yeah, then was, I'm excited. And, there was the, and then there was the, the international break. So we're excited to get on back, um, take a look at what the club has cooked up for their very first Hispanic Heritage Night. Uh, pumped about that. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to go ahead and outro this now. Just want to let everybody know that we uh, are going to have a special edition uh, patrons only uh, podcast. So if you're looking for extra content, if you are looking for our additional takes on the state of the league, quite frankly, that is going to be a patron subscribers only uh, exclusive. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening to uh, our perspectives today. If you've enjoyed what you heard, I want to let you know that there's a number of ways for you to support us in our work. And the best way to do that is directly via our patron at Southside Trap Patron. Go ahead and find a tier in the description that works for you. There's all kinds of perks. Uh, people have been getting their Yuki Nagasato stickers. So that's been very fun to see. Continue tagging us in those. Um, if subscribing or supporting us financially is not something in the wheelhouse right now, we understand things are hard all over. Please know that there's a bunch of different ways you can continue your support. And you can do that by following us on social media channels like Twitter or Instagram at Southside Trek Pod with one little or you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. When you go there and leave us a five-star review, that stuff helps us out so much. Uh, so go ahead and uh, take the time to do that. And in the meantime, continue to wear your mask when asked. Get vaccinated if you are able. And uh, continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all next week with a recap of Chicago Red Stars versus Portland Thorns. 